Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tom Salemi, captain of OIS Podcast Flight 84. Uh, welcome to the flight to New Orleans. We're going to OIS. It's happening this Thursday. So uh, put your seat backs up, put your trade tables away, and uh, put your headphones on. We've got uh, a podcast for you to listen to. It's uh, the story of Graybug Vision. Uh, Graybug's interim CEO, Jeff Cleland, visits with us today. We actually recorded this interview last week. Uh, so some of the comments about dates will be a little, uh, little out of date. But uh, Graybug raised a lot of money, and uh, they had some great news that they delivered at Arvo this week that uh, we'll sort of hint upon in the discussion. And uh, Graybug's got some uh, plans for the future that uh, Jeff Cleland would like to share. So again, put your seatbacks up, put your trade tables away, put your headphones on, and enjoy this OIS podcast with Graybug Vision. All right, Jeff Cleland of Graybug, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Tom. So you've had a busy week on the uh, on the news front. Uh, you released some news uh, just uh, today or, or yesterday that uh, you've uh, got some new funding behind you. Can you give us an update on uh, on the Series B round that you've raised? Yes, uh, it was a very successful round, oversubscribed, uh, led by Deerfield, uh, Cam Wheeler out of Deerfield, and uh, then we also included in the round uh, Orvimed, uh, led by Cho Kwong, and uh, Claris with Emmett Cunningham. So we're very uh, excited to have all three of them joining our board and our team to help build a successful company along with our existing investors, uh, Hatteras, uh, led by Christy Schaefer, and the Maryland Venture Fund. And how much did the, the round end up being? We raised uh, $44.5 million, Series B, that mm -hmm. will help us take our lead program, which we can talk about, GB102, all the way through uh, proof of concept, uh, large phase two study, head-to-head uh, -head non inferiority comparison against uh, Flibercept or ILEA, and also allow us to develop a twice-a-year dosing subconch uh, glaucoma product as well. Great. Now we'll get into it in a second, but just give us a, an update on the... Uh... The fundraising climate, how much were you hoping to raise and, and uh, how much interest did you get? Well, we started out with the process of trying to raise about $30 million. And, uh, you know, I think as we got more and more data and, and got really, I think, great great deal of excitement and enthusiasm about the potential of our lead program to deliver a twice-a-year dosing uh, and potentially have you know, at least uh, non-inferiority, potentially even superiority over ILA, I think we've we've really generated uh, a tremendous amount of enthusiasm and then ended up oversubscribed. That's a nice place to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the company has gone through uh, some changes the last, I guess, year or so. I mean, when did you come on board and, uh, and what's changed? You're now out West. Uh, you're going through a bit of a rebranding too, as well, correct? That's correct. Yes. So we, uh, you know, when I walked into the company from the board seat that I had before, uh, really wanted to try to see if we had uh, opportunity here to create some products from the technology and turned out um, very successfully, obviously, as I said, that we were able to take a, uh, a program forward, demonstrate proof of concept in animals now, and uh, hopefully then with this additional capital, validate that in a clinic. And I think really kind of repositioned ourselves as, you know, a from a drug delivery uh, company into a drug product company 
and creating hopefully a significant amount of value for shareholders by having a, a very successful product. And how uh, how difficult is that transition to make to go from being sort of a platform drug delivery company to to one focusing on products? It certainly helps when you have a a great product like GP one hundred and two. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think it's it's just a matter of uh, you know growing from you know the research focus mentality to the development side, and and you know I think the next key step in our evolution is going to be finding great people to build an uh, outstanding development team to take this product forward. So that's, that's where we're at the next steps now that we have the capital. Right. Well, let's talk a bit about uh, GP 102. Uh, it's uh, give, give us a little bit of its, its origins. It's got a, an interesting history. Yes. Um, it, you know, I think we went through a, a really rigorous process while I was still on the board of uh, trying to find the, the best compound for the technology. And we ultimately landed on uh, uh because it has, many different attributes that are, I think, critically important in the treatment of neovascular A and B. It targets both uh, PDGF and VEGF pathways, um, inhibiting both those pathways simultaneously, which, as you know, are validated pathways to some extent. It also um, is a you know, well-characterized uh, molecule in the sense that if you take it orally for cancer indications, it actually gets to very high levels in the uveal tract, but has not been shown to have any ocular toxicity um, in humans or animals. So I think that helped us feel really secure about the fact that we're unlikely to see um, significant safety uh, issues with giving it intravitrally since we can't achieve as high a level of intravitrally as you would normally achieve with a systemic administration. So I think those things and those attributes really helped us pick the right molecule to put into our platform and then going through a process of screening the right uh, polymer formulations and, and applying them with our technology to achieve the key attributes, which are really to release over, um, you know, the six-month period and have the particles um, be injectable, yet aggregate so they stay out of the visual axis were all kind of key attributes that we found over the last year or so. And what is unique about the way that the, the, the GP-102 works in terms of its ability to deliver uh, the drug over, over time? How does, it, how does it work and how is it able to, to do that? Right. So we use the uh, polymers that have been used in the eye before. Um, and so they're PLGA-based polymers, um, similar to what's used in like Ozerdex and some of the other uh, polymer formulations. And what happens over time is the polymer degrades and uh, and the particles that are all aggregated together, the surface erosion type phenomenon. So the surface um, degrades and releases the drug over that time frame. So you get a nice continuous release of drug over the um, six months or so. And we have, um, as as we'll be presenting at Arvo next week, we have very nice pharmacokinetic profile that shows we get the same levels of drug in the RP choroid and the retina of the target tissues for at least six months after a single intravitreal injection. Yeah, you announced earlier this week you'll have, you'll have two posters at Arvo next week? That's correct, yes. We'll have a poster on May 2nd with Dr. Peter Campuchero out of the Wilmer Institute with a mouse uh, CMV laser study that he did for us with our compound uh, GB-102 showing a sustained effect over eight weeks uh, from a single injection of inhibition of or element neovascularization. And then on May 4th, we have a, a different poster that we're presenting that shows the pharmacokinetics and the toxicology uh, in rabbits of that formulation, as I mentioned. Hi, this is Tom. I hope you're enjoying your flight to New Orleans. Uh, don't forget to sign up for the Ion Innovation Newsletter. It'll deliver uh, great news and insights from our team of experienced ophthalmology writers 
And you'll also get uh, some video content from our conferences and from our uh, private exclusive interviews as well. And you'll get this podcast too. So it's really, it's three great things all rolled into one. Go to ois.net and sign up for the Ion Innovation Newsletter. Now back to this conversation with Jeff Cleland of Graybug. And going forward, what sort of uh, clinical trials are you anticipating? As you, as you noted, you'll have some information already on the safety, but uh, what, uh, how, how long are we looking at? What, what sort of trials uh, uh, will be next? And, and how many years do you think we're looking forward to, to ultimately getting this uh, to the FDA for a final approval? Yes, we had a very successful uh, pre-ID discussion with FDA uh, at the end of January and agreed upon um, the overall study design, which is still being refined. But the um, the basic principle is the phase one, two study in patients that are currently receiving uh, any anti-digestive therapy and have been responders to that therapy for the treatment of neovascular AMD. Uh, that study would start in earlier 2017 as the first part of that would be the phase one single ascending dose study so we can understand dose and duration of response, uh, and that's the primary endpoint for the phase one, obviously, besides safety, which is number one. And then once we've understood dose and duration, um, it's an adaptive design study that allows us to go into phase two then and pick two doses and or regimens to go head-to-head in a non-inferiority design against um, a flibroceptor ILEA and um, basically be able to hopefully prove that we're at least not inferior. And as I mentioned, some of our preclinical data suggests we could even end up with superiority over a full receptor ILEA as well in that study. I mean, you're, you're suggesting in your presentations that, I mean, if you could, if you could reduce the number of injections by half, uh, that would be a, a significant advance for the treatment of wet AMD. Right. I think we're hopeful that we can get down to twice a year administration, and that's what we hope to prove in the in the phase one part of the phase one two study. Is it difficult getting patients for these trials? Or I have to think it wouldn't be. Yeah. So we've um, we've already enlisted um, some uh, several different clinical research organizations, and they provided us with um, proposals and bids. And as we've gone through the discussions, I think that. Um, the general feedback we've gotten is because we're not going initially, at least into naive patients, we're going into patients that are already on anti-digest therapy and hopefully, you know, I think positioning as a significant potential reduction in treatment burden uh, to these patients. And of course, we're offering rescue. So if they're with the drug for whatever reason doesn't seem to be effective, we give up rescue. So they have minimal risk of not having efficacy, um, you know, from some of the, one of the two options for the treatment. So I think um, you know, we're hopeful that this will be much easier to enroll than a typical uh, phase three where you have to enroll naive patients. And this has been shown to both lower IOP and provide some neural protection as well? Uh, actually, sinitinib, um doesn't seem to have any effects on IOP reduction, but it okay. has been shown to be neuroprotective, neuroprotective, and there has been some work done at the Wilmer Institute um, by Don Zach and also by uh, Harry Quigley's group um, showing the effects of sinitinib in production of, or protection of, of neurons from damage due to IOP increases from sinitinib and some of the other uh, DLK inhibitors. Do you still have uh, long-term hopes for uh, a product in, in glaucoma? In the glaucoma space, we're actually taking a, a, diff- a slightly different approach. Okay. Uh, we're looking at... Um, basically making prodrugs of existing compounds and then putting them in our system 
uh, and actually allowing us to get a better uh, zero order type of profile without having to inject into the vitreous. So we would give it um, subconscious administration and get um, six months of delivery for ILP lowering. And then we're also making prodrugs that have two different um, chemical entities attached together through a prodrug approach, one that reduces the ILP, and then the other compound would have the neuroprotection component. And so the advantage, obviously, there is we can do a phase, um, you know, like a phase three study on ILP reduction and then continue to follow those patients for the longer-term neuroprotection endpoint. So uh, we think that could be a very novel approach to uh, addressing neuroprotection in glaucoma patients. And those would be drugs that you're licensing from someone else or, or that you're developing? We actually, they're all, uh, we're creating a library. So these are all our own um, new chemical entities that we've created and we're still working to create. Fascinating. And just finally, you, you mentioned that you're sort of shifting from a, a, a platform drug delivery model to one where you're going to be a drug maker, a drug developer. Uh, will there still be opportunities though to partner with other groups? I know you had the arrangement with Airy Pharmaceuticals. Is that still ongoing? And is that the first of many, or is that going to be sort of an outlier going forward? Oh, great question. No, uh, the relationship with Airy's been really good, and we've had great um, working relationship with them, and we're making excellent progress in the early stages of their compounds. And and uh, you know, I think that was a great validating. Um, relationship for us and continues to be a very good relationship going forward. I think we'll be a little, we'll be pretty selective. Uh, obviously we don't want to create competition for ourselves in our, in the same space, but we'd be open to, I think collaborations and, and relationships where, uh, in areas where we're not pursuing, uh, in terms of, um, you know, anything outside the, the NEVAS or AMD or glaucoma space would be of interest for us. Great. Well, thanks for taking some time. We look forward to hearing, more news from Graybug and its new identity is going to be Graybug Vision at some point going forward. Is that right? Yes, you'll see in, yeah, in the press releases and everything. It's uh, Graybug Vision. Yeah. Excellent. So. Well, thanks for taking some time today. Good luck at Arvo. Uh, thanks very much, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity. Jeff Cleland, thanks for visiting and sharing Graybug's story. Congratulations on the financing and on the good news delivered at Arvo. We look forward to seeing you at an up-and-coming OIS. And the same goes for you, our listeners. Hope to see you on Thursday at OIS at ASCRS. It's happening at the Intercontinental Hotel. And uh, go to OIS.net if you need any more details on that. And we will see you in New Orleans. <laughs>